0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's
0: OBA with Arden Moore.
1: Welcome to spring, a time that we welcome the sight of butterflies performing ballet-like moves in the sky, the sweet fragrance of flowers blooming, and the sounds of happy birds chirping. But there's a dangerous dark side to spring, especially to your dog. Without proper protection, your dog and cat can be bombarded by fleas and ticks and develop Lyme disease And here to give the real lowdown on fleas and ticks and Lyme disease is a leading authority on these menaces. Please join me in giving pause and applause to veterinarian Dr. Dan Markwalder. Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Dan. Well, thanks so much for having me. All right. Now, the good veterinarian is the founder of the Animal Care Clinic. It's five locations in the Chicagoland area. He knows fleas. He knows ticks. And he sure knows Lyme disease. His mission today on our show, to unleash ways to protect our pets from these pests. He will do so right after we take this commercial break. So, you guys know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a
0: pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. Obehave will be right back.
1: Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to spring and summer, the onset of itchy skin and allergy season. Is your pet dealing with itchy skin, hot spots, and even ear infections? Help is here. It is Zymox shampoo and conditioner to the rescue. Not only is this a shampoo and conditioner great for general bathing and healthy skin support, but it is the go-to shampoo and conditioner for itchy pets. Its patented enzyme formula is loaded with antibacterial and antifungal properties to ease the itch and stop the scratching. And, as an added bonus, Zymox shampoos and conditioners give off a lovely, pleasant, non-medicine smell. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for many health conditions. All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, dash over to www.zymox.com, that's Z-Y-M-O-X, for your pet's sake.
0: Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Old Behave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's Pet Edutainer,
1: Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Today's episode is all about the small but very mighty pest fleas and ticks. Now, everybody, raise your paw if you've been sheltering in place for weeks because of COVID-19. I bet you have a case of cabin fever. The fresh air outdoors is beckoning. You think by maybe donning a face mask and gloves that you're taking precautions when you're going out for a walk or a hike with your dog. But lurking all around you are nearly invisible health threats, fleas and ticks. Here to give us all about what we can do about these pests, and keep our pets safe is veterinarian, Dr. Dan Mark Walder, And I'm really glad you're on the show, Dr. Dan. Thanks for being uh, a guest.
2: Well, thanks again for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, having a good conversation.
1: All right. Now, before we plunge into fleas and ticks, I just wanted to share with you, I did a little homework and uh, we're both Purdue grads. What do you think of that? Go boiling. I before. love it. Boiler <laughs> up. Boiler up. And both of us have actually taken the plunge and skydived. How long ago did you do that?
2: Oh, my. Yes. Uh, four years ago, uh, almost going to be five years ago. So when I turned 50, I said I had to do something exhilarating. And uh, many of the um, colleagues of mine said, Well, why don't you go jump out of an airplane? <laughs> and I said, Okay. I thought it was a joke. And then they held me to it.
1: So. From my perspective, I did it, I was at the time an assistant sports editor, and I was actually turning 40. And when I got out of the plane, you, you should tell me your experience, but it felt like there was all these oscillating fans around you when you were plunging. You didn't feel like a belly drop when you do like a bungee jump, you know? And then as soon as you hit that ripcord, I felt like this beautiful silence as you floated down. So tell me how yours went. I hope it went well.
2: I agree. It, it was almost like slow motion, and yeah. I actually felt like an astronaut. I kind of <laughs> I landed, I hit our landing, and I'm waving at my wife like, "You realize no one else is looking at you right now." But uh, it was definitely exhilarating. Well, I have to tell you what I'm going to do for my 60. Are you ready okay. for this? Yes.
1: Drum roll, I'm gonna, please. I'm going to
2: climb. I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. That's my 60th. So really? Wow. Five more years down the road. That's yes, yeah. So, uh, how about you? What uh, What's the next adventure <laughs> for you? <laughs>
1: you know i've always wanted to do uh the race cars you know around the track like in vegas or something yeah. so there i think go. i might i might do that because i'm a woman with the need the need for speed the other thing we yeah. both the final thing we share in common is i'm from the chicagoland area originally crown point indiana and uh, i was weaned on du bears and i also even though i'm up I shouldn't be this. I'm a Chicago Cub fan because most of the people are on the north side, and I guess you waited all the way until 2016 to find that miracle happen.
2: We did indeed. Well, you're going to love this. I grew up in Crown Point, so I'm a bulldog, not only a boilermaker. Oh, come on. I I graduated from Crown Point High School. Went to Taft uh, Junior High. I so we, have, we share that in, in common as well. So, the Taft absolutely. Tigers, wasn't it? Many, wasn't it? many, many, many moons ago, probably at least a decade or two before you graduated. And oh. Like you, I'm a diehard uh, Cub fan as well.
1: You're kidding. You went to Crown Point High School? You were the I first sure person did, yes. in the 13 years we've been doing this show with over almost 350 episodes. Not one person has ever went to my alma mater. Wow.
2: I'm going to be really shocked if I find out we're related somehow. Oh. But, uh, yeah. So go, go go, figure. What a small, Well, I, I actually
1: lived in an area called Hermit's Lake. I lived on uh, oh, Hermit's okay. Lane. So sure. growing up, we always wow. had dogs and cats, and every season we had Quacky the duck that came to visit us. So let's get back into this, but it's really nice to get to know you, and uh, I think you're awesome for many reasons. And let's get into this because fleas and ticks, that's not just a seasonal thing with spring. And it really doesn't matter what your zip code is, right, Dr. Dan? They can hit any of our pets anytime. So let's get right into it. I mean, they're little, but boy, can they pack quite a healthy punch to people, to the dogs and cats, right?
2: They really can. And and I love the problem with ticks is that I always say this to my clients,
1: ticks may not be
2: present, 365 days a year, but they're active 12 months out of the year. I look at um, my practice, I, it's not a not a day goes by that we're not diagnosing a new case of, of Lyme disease. And I tell people, particularly in the late fall and the winter, we see as many cases of Lyme disease as we do in the spring and the summer months. And if you think about that, the reason for that, particularly nowadays, yeah. You might have a cold spell. You might even have snow on the ground. And a day later, two days later, you can get a warm up of 40, 45 degrees. Guess what? That's the perfect habitat for those little pesty parasites like ticks. So it really is a concern. And that's why I advocate year round flea and tick prevention for all the furry members of the
1: family. No, I I agree on that and so let's get into Lyme disease because uh, one of the other things I do when I'm not behind a microphone is I'm a master certified pet first aid instructor and we teach with a real dog and a cat, shout out to Kona and Casey, uh, veterinary approved classes to veterinarians, vets, techs, everybody, first responders and you know I get the chance to learn from some of the very best in the field of veterinary medicine. A lot of things, and one of the things is when you take a dog out for a walk. Let's talk about ticks, because you should not only check between the paws and the body, but what about that lower lip?
2: Absolutely, and I am a firm believer. What you need to be doing, I call it from the tip of the nose to the tip of the tail. Okay. You know, just the other day, I had a client. I had two clients come in in one day. Doc, doc, there's something going on with my pet. I think it's a tumor. Well, you know, when I know what it was, an engorged tick. Yeah. And so I thoroughly recommend that every pet mom and dad, they need to start checking their pets when they're going on walks, coming home. First and foremost, that doesn't replace a good prevention, but you certainly need to be checking your pets, chucking around the ears, around the face, under the belly, the armpits, particularly the sparsely haired area of the body and checking for, um, for ticks is absolutely, incredibly important. Keep in mind, though, that some of the ticks, like the nymph stage, because there's different stages of, of right. ticks, you're not going to see with the naked eye. This is the real tragedy with Lyme wow. disease, because it's carried, as you well know, like by the deer tick, and the deer tick mm-hmm. is a very, very small tick. See, we all know about the engorged tick. What right. we don't know is the different stages of tick, which, again, are so small, it's like the head of a pin, they're not going to see that. So don't be fooled. If you don't see a tick, does that mean that your dog doesn't have a tick? Absolutely not.
1: Well, preventive. preventives is the key, right? So I live in Dallas now. I have uh, three dogs, big, little, and medium, Kona, Boujo, and little Emma. So they're on a preventative. So talk about how important it is to just, just let, we're going ticks, and, and we're going to go to fleas next. But how important it is, even if you think, ah, I can save them some money this month, what's the key here? to their health.
2: It really is the key. You know, grandma was right. Uh <laughs> of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, she was absolutely right. And, you know, I, I've been doing this for twenty nine years and, and I can remember when ticks really became a problem for us in the nineteen nineties. You know, prior to that, here in Illinois, we really didn't have many discussions okay. with clients about ticks. And one of the things that we know about ticks is that the distributions of ticks are growing each and every year. As you as we mentioned, it's a year round problem. So the key is prevention, year-round prevention, and I have to tell you, prevention has come a long way. I'm the older practitioner. I remember back right. in the in the 80s and 90s, prevention is certainly not like it it was um, back then. Now we have safe, effective preventions, easy to use. Because one of the things we know is that if we can give a product to a pet mom or dad, and it's easy for them to To give to their pet, oh boy, it really um, raises um, compliance. And so that's why I like some of the preventions out there. For instance, the one that we use in our practice is a product called Brevecto with a B. And the reason that I like it is one, in the case of dogs, it's an oral chewable. So most pets like it. Number two, it's a very long duration product, 12 weeks in duration. So if I give you a product that your pet likes to take, and you only have to administer it every 12 weeks, it's safe, it's effective. The chances are you're much more likely to give it and it keeps your pet protected. And I think that's really the key. And that's the message that I have each and every day when I'm in in my clinic and talking with pet moms and dads about the importance of flea and ticks, because sometimes we have this misconception, oh, my pet only goes in the backyard. Well, guess yeah. what? Ticks don't stop at the fence line, right? Because they are, are trespassers. Oh, well, I aren't don't they? go hiking and camping, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. important that your pet is always protected. And again, year round.
1: I can't see us training a flea or tick. Sit, stay good, tick. <laughs> don't <Yeah>. come. <laughs> and I'm, I won't right. make you sing the Prevecto song, but it's got a cute commercial I've seen on television. So it is nice. There's new generations of medicines to go after these bad boys. This is just easy, but I need you to kind of clarify it. Why, 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 good Dr. Dan, is it not effective to try to use fingernail polish or Vaseline to remove a tick? What's the best way if you see a tick?
2: Yes, that's a great question. And what I first recommend is the use of a tweezer.
1: The problem
2: with ticks is this, the head of a tick, and we've actually been able to see this through electron microscopy, the head of a tick is almost like a like a razor. And what it'll do is it'll burrow into the skin, what we call the dermis of your pet. Mm-hmm. And what can happen if you don't remove the head of that tick. So if you just remove the body, for instance, okay. or if you try to manipulate it by irritating the tick and the head Is still embedded into the skin of your pet. They can still transmit disease. So I like to use tweezers and we go down into the skin and we pinch it and pull straight up. If you've never done it the first time around, what I usually recommend for a pet mom or dad is to say, if you do see an engorged tick, if at all possible, and you're not comfortable, that might be the first time. Go to your local veterinarian and have him or her show you how to do it. Because it is important. We've had people remove, try to remove the tick, and they've removed only the body, and then you can get swelling or, gosh forbid, if your animal's not protected, then they can get the potential of of transmission of tick-borne diseases, one of which would would be uh, Lyme disease.
1: And when people think of Lyme disease, they're like, what is it? Something like scurvy? I'm being silly. But what exactly is it and what's happening to the poor dog or cat that gets it? Because cats aren't as likely, I guess, to get Lyme disease, but they still can get it.
2: That's correct. And it is also important to recognize that there's other tick-borne diseases out there as well. But Lyme disease, of course, is a huge concern for us because here's the real problem with Lyme disease is that. If your pet, gosh forbid, contracts Lyme disease at that initial or what we call that acute phase of Lyme disease, the science can be very minimal and even transient. What do I mean by that? Well, your pet might go off food for a day, mm. or maybe they're laying around the house, they're listless. Well, we've all had pets that have stopped eating for a day or they've laying around the house. And the problem is at that acute stage, If it's not diagnosed and treated early on, it can move into that chronic phase of Lyme disease where internal organs such as the kidneys can become affected. And again, if not diagnosed and treated can even be fatal. And so that's why it's really important that in particularly endemic areas of the country, even besides prevention, you may want to have a discussion with your local veterinarian about even the use of a Lyme vaccination. Now, again, that doesn't replace prevention because keep in mind, Lyme disease is just one of many tick-borne diseases out there. So I don't want to misconstrue that, that a Lyme vaccination is full protection against Mm -hmm. other tick-borne diseases. But you may have a conversation with your local veterinarian and or she may recommend the use of something like the Novavac Lyme vaccine for your pet if they're at a higher risk.
1: So what would be other types of uh, tick-borne diseases that we have to be uh, on alert against?
2: There's a plethora. There's diseases called ehrlichiosis. Uh, oh, man. That's, wait a minute. Fever, can you even spell that? Plasmosis. <laughs> I know. I know. That's a that's a, that's a mouthful. I hear you. Yeah. And here's the other thing about it, too, because people will say, well, wait a minute. I don't have Lyme disease in my particular area. Mm -hmm. And my response is, but guess what? We know, for instance, people travel a lot more with their pets. That's one of the reasons you may may be familiar with this. The national parks now have allowed people to come in with their pets. So people are traveling more than ever with their pets, and they may be unknowingly going into an area where there is higher risk for Lyme disease, higher risk for some of these other tick-borne diseases. And if their pet is not on a prevention, next thing that you know, they're bringing home a disease on their pet. So again, it's really important to be having these conversations
1: with your local veterinarian. And you know, I would rather bring in a, a little refrigerator magnet from the Bahamas Than a tick, right? (laughs) That's not the great souvenir you (laughs) want your pet to have. Now, talking about ticks, because they're kind of round and squatty most, you know. And I've been told that they really can't leap or fly, but they're kind of like, aren't they kind of like little uh, ninjas? Don't they kind of hide in the shrubs and then they kind of just attach if somebody or a dog passes by? I mean, how do they get onto us and our pets?
2: Yeah, you're exactly correct. There is this misconception out there that, um, hey, I'm not in a wooded area, so they're not jumping off on my pet. Right. Like, here's the issue. For instance, you can go in your backyard. Maybe you've got a, a, um, an area where there's a lot of uh, leaf or debris or even tall grass. Uh-huh. That's the perfect environment where ticks are going to live and thrive. And really? your pet's walking through there. Now, keep in mind, you know this. Pets don't have shoes. They don't have clothing on. (laughs) That's what they're walking through that area. Maybe there's some tall grass in the backyard. Next thing you know, that tick could latch right onto your pet. And that's the real problem. And that's why people have to be aware of they're not just jumping off of trees, hanging onto your pet. You could be walking through a leafy area or even tall grass and they're going to latch onto
1: your pet. Wow. Hey, everybody. We're speaking with the good doctor, Dr. Dan Markwalder, a Purdue grad, a Crown Point High School grad. That's why I like him doubly. We're going to talk to him more and switch gears and go into fleas after we take this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages.
1: Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here with my very happy dog, Kona. Hey, we enjoy getting deliveries, and surprise, surprise, so do our dogs. Right, Kona? With a Kong Box subscription, your dog gets two great toys, three delicious treats, plus two recipes or tips delivered to your home every month or every other month. Now, Kona spun in a circle and wagged her tail like a fan on high speed when her Kong box arrived. She received a stuffed bear toy with squeaker, chicken-flavored Kong bites, plus a Kong goody bone, a Kong classic I stuffed with a Kong sweet potato spread. The box also came with a training tip to deal with boo! and a recipe to make Toby's tasty treats. Possum, your turn to treat your dog for a limited time when you sign up for a six or 12 month subscription and donate $1 to Best Friends Animal Society to help other dogs in need. You can get your first Kong box free. After that, you receive a new box every month or every other month, custom for your dog, for as little as twenty nine ninety five, and shipping is free. So, dash over to kongbox.com slash behave to get your first Kong Box free with your subscription and a dollar donation. Kongbox.com slash behave. That's kongbox.com slash behave. It's time to wrap this up, because Kona's letting me know it's time for me to stuff her Kong goodie bone. Good girl.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
2: Hey y'all, it's Kelly Pickler, and you're listening to Arden Moore on Behave" on Pet Life Radio. I love y'all.
0: We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have Crown Point High School alum, I'm saying that all because that's where I went to school. I didn't know it until he told me today, the good doctor, Dr. Dan Mark Walder. and uh, the guy knows his stuff. He operates and he is the founder of the Animal Care Clinic. You've got five locations in the Chicagoland area, uh, Dr. Dan. Please go ahead and tell us a little bit about your practice and where are they all located?
2: So we're located in the suburbs of Chicago, which is my hometown. I love Chicago. Uh, It's a great city. And I had the good opportunity after graduating a couple years out of Purdue University, your alma mater, I had the (laughs) opportunity to start my first first practice. And uh, so fortunate, I get to work with uh, some great, great talented group of veterinarians and team members. We're an exclusive small animal practice. And every day is a unique day. And one of my passions is just to communicate and educate pet moms and dads out there.
1: All right. And uh, you have a sweet little golden doodle. Tell us a little bit about Maggie.
2: I do. I have a real special place in my heart for golden retrievers. And when we lost our last golden retriever a, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to get my first golden doodle. And wow. I have to tell you, after having <laughs> a, a golden retrievers for a good portion of my life, I'm like, well, why would I want to change to a different breed? But I have to tell you, Maggie, little Maggie, is the love of our life and uh, she has brought an incredible amount of joy into our life and she's just a great little breed that's for sure
1: all right now we've talked a lot about ticks and the and some of the bad things they can cause especially lyme disease let's get into the fleas because to me fleas are like really really prehistoric hardy survivalist i mean they're like you know they got their suit of armor on with their ectoskeletons and all this Can you tell us a little, uh, some facts about fleas? Because those little boogers, they really can reproduce quickly, and they seem to have an ability to survive.
2: They really do. The problem with with fleas is that, um, for instance, you as a pet mom can bring fleas into the house. Mm -hmm. And this is the real problem. All it takes is a couple of Fleas, adult fleas that can get into the um, the home environment, and next thing you know, because fleas, one thing about fleas, I say this all the time, they are egg laying machines. So (laughs) one adult flea, get this stat, they can lay up to fifty eggs per day. Really? Fifty eggs per day. Oh my
1: gosh!
2: Fifty eggs per day, and the next thing you know, your house is now infested with fleas. And so again, the problem is, let's say for instance, and it's not uncommon these days, you could have a dog, you can have a cat. And I hear this all the time. My cat never goes outside. Yeah. So let's say the dog is on a flea and tick, but guess what? You can bring in a flea into into the house and next thing you know, it's going to go right to the cat and then they are egg-laying machines around the house. And now you've got an environment that has eggs in the house and it just keeps perpetuating and perpetuating. So that's why, again, it's very important. Every furry companion member of the home is on a flea and tick prevention.
1: Yes. Now, I'm just, I don't know why I'm going here, but I, can you imagine if hens could lay as many eggs as fleas? We would be overdosed on eggs, wouldn't
2: we? <laughs> right. You're, well, and, and this is the problem. Like so. One of the things that I've been called into—I I can't say the names—but I've um, I've had pet hotels that have called me, for instance.
1: Oh, yeah. And,
2: and they thought they had one issue, one type of little parasite-like lice problems and, and bed lice and so forth, only to find out some of these pet hotels that bring in pets that are not on flea and tick prevention, and next thing you know, guess what? They've yeah. got flea problems. So again, it you said it right. Fleas are really pesty and they love to reproduce.
1: So what are some of the conditions a dog or cat is at risk of when uh, they've been nailed by a flea? What are some of the conditions they that they can cause? Yeah.
2: So one of the things that we see that that fleas can bring would be, for instance, tapeworms. So okay. in the case of cats in particular, because cats are such fastidious groomers, and so this is the problem with cats. It's very uncommon to see cats loaded with fleas because cats in particular are very sensitive to fleas. And so they will be grooming themselves and they ingest the flea. And that's how they can get parasites like, for instance, tapeworms. Okay. Um, if left untreated with severe infestation of fleas, you can actually, because they do like to Suck the blood. You can see anemia, for instance, from fleas. So, and they, there are other diseases that fleas can bring as as well. And so, again, it's really important that that you're having these conversations with your veterinarian. What's the best prevention for my cat? What's the best prevention for my dog?
1: Well, I'm going to share a story that is gross, but it's worth it because. In my pet first aid classes, we finished the class with doing a head-to-tail wellness assessment. So we're talking, Casey and Kona, the cat and dog that I have. And one day in class, we had everybody huddled around my cat, an orange tabby, Casey. And we're getting back to the south end of the of Casey, and I lifted up his tail. And lo and behold, there's a tapeworm wiggling out his butthole. I know that's not the proper medical term and he is on a flea and tick preventative. But I learned something and maybe you can expound upon it. Apparently, it's great for the outside of the dog and cat. But sometimes even dogs and cats on regiments like this, they can ingest an infected flea and it's in the body. So how does that work?
2: Yes, you're exactly correct. Is Like, for instance, some of our indoor-outdoor cats, if they Mm -hmm. go and, let's face it, some of our cats, some of the barn cats that are out there, they'll go out and get mice. And if that mouse had a flea on them and they ingest that, then by all means, they they are still susceptible to, for instance, tapeworms. So that's why one of the things we recommend Mm -hmm. is every single year, ideally twice a year, all of our pets should have a routine stool analysis done to check for common parasites that we see, such as tapeworms and other types of, um, of parasites.
1: Okay. And what would you give a dog or a cat to keep them away with a fend off the fleas?
2: So I really do like the Brevecto. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, the reason that I like it is particularly, and I get asked this question all the time, doctors, there's there's a plethora of so many (laughs) different types of flea and tick preventions out there. And what about this over the counter? What about this over the counter? And the misconception there is, oh, if it's over the counter, it's safe. Well, one thing to keep in mind, some of these older products are just that they're older products. And the the technology has changed dramatically. And one of the things that's important for your listeners to understand, some of the older flea and tick products, we've got resistance, resistance to ticks, resistance to fleas. And that makes sense because you can develop, parasites can develop resistance to some of these preventatives. And so that's why I like the newer generation flea and tick products like, again, the Brevectil, one, because it's very safe. It's very effective. They're FDA approved. And again, why I like it, because my world is very much dependent on my pet dads administering these products. So there compliance is an issue. And I always use the example I used: If I gave you an antibiotic and I said, or do you have to give this three times a day or you have to give it once a day? You're mm-hmm. much more likely, statistics show, if I give you a product that's once a day. So if I can give you a product that's safe and effective and it's long in duration, you only have to administer it every 12 weeks, statistics shows you're much more likely to give it. And so that to me is really the 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 key, safe, effective, and to me, a longer duration product. So again, it goes back to you have to have and you should. And I always advise every pet mom and dad, have that conversation with your local veterinarian.
1: Yeah, and you know, you touched upon some. Fleas have been on this planet long before man, and they seem to have a great ability to survive. So we always seem to have to outsmart the flea with new medications, right? Because they build their resistance.
2: Um, (laughs) Oh, I I can remember back when I graduated from our alma mater, Purdue University, back in the early 90s, and we would have this flea talk, and we would give these products uh, these older generation products nowadays back in the 90s and uh, we would just go oh boy we hope we don't get that phone call because we just they just weren't as effective okay and we know that we have resistance and I tell you flea control has really come a long way from uh, the la- really the last uh, five or six years but again it's only effective if pet moms and dads are administering and giving their pets that flea and tick prevention
1: and I know some folks want to go natural, but what's your take on using things like, you know, beneficial nematodes or yeast or garlic or demato? I can never say it. The something earth. Dio. Yeah. How do you say it? Earth. You Dichot- say dichotomous earth? Yeah, that
2: dichotomous. Yeah. There it is. Dichotomous. Fun twister. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, and here's the thing at the end of the day. I'm a scientist. Okay. I have to have proof. I have to, particularly nowadays, we're living in this world of this new virus and so much every single day we hear and read about, but at the end of the day, we need good research. We need good studies. And what I like about some of the new newer products, like for instance, Provecto, a product that I've been using since 2015. So not only do I have my own clinical data on my own patients, thousands and now tens of thousands of patients that I've used it on but we've got good research to show that these products are safe and they're effective. And to me, at the end of the day, I only want to use a product that is safe and effective. And to answer the heart of your question on some of these other products, we just don't have the research. They're just strictly anecdotal. Well, guess what? On virtually any product out there, you can have somebody stand and say, well, it worked on my pet. But at the end of the day, we need to have good scientific research and clinical research. And that's why products, again, like the Bravacto, we have that kind of information on.
1: Well, uh, hey, everybody. We've been speaking with Dr. Dan Markwalder. He is the founder of the Animal Care Clinic. They've got five locations in the Chicagoland area. Check him out. This is a crazy time we're living in with COVID-19. But one thing that's happening all the time are fleas and ticks. So yes, we got the coronavirus that we're dealing with, but for the sake of your health of your pets, please keep them on a preventative year-round against fleas and ticks. Dr. Dan, before we say goodbye, is there anything else you'd like to add? Did you ever think you'd be talking to somebody from Crown Point High School?
2: No, it's such a small world. <laughs> uh, a fellow bulldog and now uh, a fellow uh, bowler maker at Will. Just a couple of things uh, before we wrap up. Just some safety tips as we are heading into the warmer times of the year. Please, 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 I know this is common sense, but please never leave your pet unattended in a car, even if it's for a matter of minutes. If you're going outside for any of those long hikes, make sure you grab an extra bottle of water for your furry companion. And if you've got any plans to do any swimming or boating with your pet, make sure that your pet has a life jacket. And finally, please, please make sure. That your pet is on a good flea and tick prevention as well.
1: I love it. I love it. You are the good doctor. And you're there to help our dogs and cats. It's really been a pleasure to talk to you, Dr. Dan. And I'm wishing you the very best today and with your family and, of course, Maggie, your golden doodle. Well,
2: thank you so much and appreciate all that you do as well.
1: Okay, and at this time too, we want to give a big shout out to our producer, Mark Winter. He is the wizard of pause for all the shows on the Pet Life Radio Network. We are the largest pet radio network on the planet. Take that, you nasty fleas and ticks. And so until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arta Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four leggers out there. Oh behave!